Imagine you're just having a nice normal day with your family, you know, watching Teletubbies, and then you suddenly switch over to rated RPG. And your four-year-old's like, wait, I want to hear what these guys have to say. <laughs> I'm sick of the normal Teletubbies. I would prefer to listen to the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade pee on things. Please, mother. Now your four-year-old is just peeing in the mouth of evil. <laughs> Left and right. Like everyone should be. Yes. Ever vigilant. We're like the Wiggles of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Let's hurry it up because we've got to get in that old big red car and do that show. Welcome, lizard folk and gnomes, bugbears and bards, <laughs> to Rated RPG, the actual play show slash podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons, Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. You're on approach to Fort Knucklebones. Uh, you had, you know, flown off the top of El Terrell, the floating city that was being dragged into hell, and landed kind of in the wasteland of Avernus. And you had kind of headed off in this direction, led by Lulu, the, uh, the Hollyphant, um, towards Fort Knucklebones, where she remembered there were a couple of helpful birdmen who she, you know, her, her memories are all scattered, but she remembered Fort Knucklebones, helpful birdmen, that's the only clue. That's the only lead she had. But when you guys got to Fort Knucklebones, uh, there were some folks there. It was kind of like this Mad Max style encampment. Like there was a warlord uh, with a whole bunch of minions. They were funny. They had French accents. Um, and uh, you guys basically helped them out uh, in a number of different ways. Uh, tried to kind of get on their good graces. And um, in exchange, uh, you were hoping to get some sort of information on how to continue your quest. And you ended up doing this uh, ritual where you went into Lulu's dreams, like her memory dreams. And there you learned where you're going to head to next, which is uh, um, uh, Lulu thinks that she knows where to go next. And so, yeah, that's very vague, but that's that's basically what happened. So now, uh, oh, oh uh, you passed out uh, to Bobby. Remember, you got, like, sucked into the mud during the, uh, oh, yeah. oh, race, too? Yeah, because yeah, I was a gorilla, I remember, and then I died as a gorilla. It was bad news. <laughs> you guys got sucked into the dream mud and uh, oh, that's right. passed out, and there was only a couple of you left in the dream. But it ended up being okay, right? Yeah, yeah as long as at least one of you guys survived to see the end of the dream. I missed he stepped good. out. Yeah, they both escaped, yeah, that's and right. then we had the rest. Well, you guys haven't had that rest yet, but when you escaped the dream, um, Mad Maggie was incredibly happy that you guys managed to get through the whole thing. She was able to see the whole dream. And uh, that's sort of where we left it off. A couple of you guys are passed out. We'll skip an hour ahead uh, to Bobby. You wake up. You have like one hit point. You're, you're no longer unconscious. Same with you, Race. And Coslo uh, and uh, Glubjeg, uh, you guys have been sort of like guarding them from the various red caps and med madcaps that even though they're sort of your friends... They're troublemakers, and you've caught more than one of them sneaking up to try to steal a look at Race's penis or kind of take the wrench off of uh, Bobby's belt, and you just kind of kick them away, make sure they don't fuck with your friends. Uh, but now they've both woken up. Mad Maggie has gone off into her tent. She's, you know, babbling something about, you know, how excited she was, and she's going to add this to the tapestry. You keep hearing her talking about the tapestry. You're not sure exactly what she's talking about. Well, what do you guys do? Uh, let's see. Uh, what can I do to help my friends? Um, do, should we... Well, are we going to uh, do a long rest, or...? 
I guess we don't really need it. Uh, I, 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 I'm barely like alive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh right. Uh, Pretty sleepy right now. I can hut it up if we want to stay in the area. Oh, Leoman's tiny hut. <laughs> yeah. You guys are still, like, in this compound. It's got walls, you know, you got a lot of, like, people to defend you, and nobody seems hostile to you. As long as we don't try to do any art. Yeah. And they'll kill us. No crocheting or it's all over. Did we, uh, talk to Lulu yet to see what she remembers? Yeah, she's, uh, she's awake. Um, she woke up around the same time that, uh, Bobby and Race would have, actually. She's coming, too. She's like, oh, wow, that was a crazy dream, wasn't it, boys? Well, let's get going! Oh, Lulu, we can't leave our friends here. They only have uh, barely a breath of life left in them. Should we do a short rest? I mean, it's only an hour, and then you guys can use hit dice. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I have, like, five hit dice. I guess I could use all of them and try to get close to my Get closer, and then whatever you don't have, I can do a cure wounds or something. Well, how are we doing on spells? I'm down a few. Wait, so is Maggie there? She has wandered off to her hut. Uh, but it's in it's in the same compound, so you can just go over there. Where are we talking about going? We're looking oh, for uh, the sword, aren't we? Yeah. The, the the place that Lulu saw in her vision. She knows the way. It's supposedly it's the uh, citadel that sprung up around Zeriel's sword spontaneously. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, her memory's a little bit fuzzy on how exactly that happened. Uh, well, as you guys are like sort of debating on you know how long you kind of want to stay here, Lulu seems like she's kind of anxious to go, but she always is sort of like just high energy, you know. Suddenly, you guys hear like this rumbling of like a deep uh, mechanical uh, sound, uh, and it's like a, a revving of like some sort of, for lack of a better term, uh, engine. Uh, even though most of you probably have never heard that before. Oh, did they get that thing started? Um, you you look over in that direction, and, and you're talking about the, uh, the the giant infernal war machine that you helped fix. That one isn't rumbling, but from the other side of that hill, uh, hand shaped hill, you see this cloud of uh, smoke and dust start to billow, and uh, before you know it, uh, two large vehicles uh, made out of twisted black iron, covered in spikes with like skulls and body parts embedded on the spikes. Uh, and just spewing out all sorts of horrible sounds and and scents. Uh, Two of these vehicles come, like, driving over to you guys. And at the last moment, before they strike you, they just screech to a halt in front of you, sending, like, debris, like, flying, getting in your face. And uh, the two birdmen hop out, uh, one of them out of the larger one, the other one out of the smaller one. The more talkative one comes up to you guys and says, these are yours! Take them if you want them. Well, I'm not a big fan of rolling coal, but, uh, <laughs> okay. I think they're infernal combustion engines. So, sitting in front of you is okay. a large, like, four-person, like, dune buggy. All right? That's the larger one. And then next to it is a motorcycle. One person. The motorcycle looks like it's in fully, like, functioning, fully operational the larger dune buggy, you can clearly see that there is a, a spot where there should be some sort of weapon, uh, a wep- like a turret mount that is missing. And it appears like there are chunks of the armor that are covering up kind of vile spots that are just like gone. Uh, it looks like it has been battle damaged. Uh, and Dababi, being the, uh, the artificer of the group, 
you are able to easily sort of see like, okay, I can see maybe why they're giving these things to us. The motorcycle, not particularly impressive vehicle. This dune buggy was probably pretty impressive when it was fully operational, but it's so battle damaged, you know. It's it's still going to be awesome, but it ha could have some improvements. Needs a muffler. <laughs> yeah, you have a, a weapon we can put on there to replace what's missing? <laughs> Talk to Mad Maggie! Good idea. Hey, folks, I've done a lot of campaigning with land vehicles, so uh, I should be good to go. Yeah, you've you've uh, driven wagons before, so it <laughs> should be a piece of cake. <laughs> oh, I am not very good at driving uh, things, mechanical things. They confuse and befuddle me. I wonder if the bir Birdman remember all the phrases we gave them last time. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I remember one was about a gourd. I think it was, hand me that gourd over there on the table. <laughs> I think we got to talk to Mad Maggie. Although I need to take a short rest because I'm uh, not feeling so well. So if the if the guys who need to take a short rest to get some hit dice back, if they want to do that, uh, Jag, are how good are you at uh, pers uh, persuasion and that sort of thing? I am pretty good at persuasion and intimidation. Alright. Well, I don't know if we'd be able to intimidate Mad Maggie, but uh, I'm not good at those things, but I'm decent with insight. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm only down eight hit points. That's three. I got two hit dice left. I used my last hit die. What happens then? I have to do a long rest? Uh, every time you do a long rest, you regain half of your hit dice rounded down. Oh, God. So you'll get three of them back in a long rest. Okay. You get any back in a short rest? Is that enough? Well, do I have any potions? I do. <laughs> but when you do a long rest, you regain all your hit points. Right. Okay. Um, I'm back up to 33 out of 52. I guess that'll do. So while these guys are doing their short rest, Glubjag and Koslo are going to go talk to Mad Maggie. Okay. Uh, sure. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, the two of you uh, sort of pick a, uh, a spot where your back can easily be to the wall so you don't get robbed. And, uh, and you just sort of sit down and relax, stretch your arms out, drink a little bit of water that tastes like Wicked Pickle Whiskey. Uh, Koslo and Glubjeg walk off to Mad Maggie's tent. So you guys uh, enter the tent, and uh, it's kind of like a Doctor Who situation where, like, it looks kind of small from the outside, but when you go in, you realize that it's like this really sprawling tent, and it's just festooned with all sorts of junk. Like, it's like a hoarder tent. Uh, even though it's a massive space, it feels very, very cramped because there's just piles of junk. Like, you realize that this, this hag must be just scouring Avernus, looking for, like, anything she finds even remotely interesting. Mom, yeah. we gotta get you out of this place. You have to <laughs> you have to clean up. It's a health hazard in here. Uh, I would just like to point out, Emery, that's actually more like a Harry Potter Book 4 tent that they mm. stayed in when they were at the Quidditch tournament. Mm -hmm. And not really like Doctor Who at all. Isn't his stupid phone booth bigger on the inside? It's bigger on the inside. Yeah, but so were their tents. <laughs> and it was a tent and not a TARDIS. Alright, well. So, fine. you know. Whatever. You should probably read Harry Potter. I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's really more like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> 
All right. Well, fine. She has bags of like feces. Oh, they you always know? do. Yeah, they always do. <laughs> um, Wait, is that a bad thing? No, but it's just a thing that happens. As a result of her low self-worth and her fear of being left and abandoned, she created a wall around her, literally a feces. As you're kind of crawling and like making your way, squeezing through all this filth and trash, uh, you actually find your way to a, a rather large open area where most of the trash has been kind of swept to the side. And up on the wall is actually pretty beautiful tapestry um, that has been very well preserved and is not covered in feces whatsoever. Um, And you find Mad Maggie um, actually she's behind like kind of around the corner and mumbling to herself uh, by this tapestry. It looks like she's gathering uh, supplies or something. Don't move those Mad Maggie. Things might come out from the back of them. <laughs> Why you guys make religion and history checks? Does she have stuff stacked in front of them, or are they all cleared out? It's all cleared away. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, you, you uh, people who are resting don't have to make these checks. Oh, whoops. So it's just going to be Jason and Brad. Tap history two is more frightening. Let's see, we got a fourteen on the religion. All right, so uh, yeah, Costello, you look at this tapestry. It's pretty clear to you, both of you, that it's telling a story. Looking at the first tapestry, you realize, like, oh, that is an angel, um, most likely Zariel herself. You got a 13 and 14. So you piece together that this is a tapestry that is depicting the story of Zariel. Um, and the first uh, image is one that pretty much everybody would be familiar with. This is Zariel leading the Hell Riders into the portal. Those Hell Riders are, of course, the knights that were sort of sworn to protect her and, and serve her and, and do battle against the devils and demons. Uh, the second image is her uh, battling the devils and demons by herself, which is uh, a depiction not only of her battling, but also you notice there's a lack of the Hell Riders in this image. And why is she blindfolded? She is a uh, solar, and uh, solars are the most powerful type of angel. And they're typically depicted as blind, uh, even though they're not actually blind. They can still see just fine. So this is the betrayal of Zeriel by the Hellriders. And then the third image depicts her submitting to Asmodeus, the Lord of Hell. Um, then when you look at the second part of the tapestry, these darker parts, you don't actually know what specific events this is depicting. These are things that you haven't heard any stories of yet. But this is clearly after she has fallen uh, and become an, a, become a devil herself. Uh, and you see that the blindfold has been taken off. She still has, like, the, the black eyes and the black tears running down her face. But, yeah. it's uh, Looks it's, like she met a dude, had a kid, <laughs> and then got really angry and led a war. She had a kid, lit it on fire. Yep, started a war. <laughs> and we don't know the rest of the story tale as old as time. (laughs) But as you guys are considering these tapestries, Mad Maggie uh, comes out from uh, her little area that she was rummaging through and uh, she says, Ooh, did you get the vehicles? Yeah, we got the vehicles. Say, Maggie, what what is this uh, tapestry here that's the second set of three? 
Can you explain it to me, please? Oh, this is my prized possession. These are the tapestries that have picked the story of Zariel, her fall from grace, being one of the chosen, most powerful angels in heaven, falling all the way down to the bottom, becoming a despicable devil and archfiend. Oh, it's the most delicious story I've ever heard. These last three, you ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would so love to know the story myself. This is all I've been searching for. And you have given me clues with the dreams. Oh, okay. So you don't know what it means. But you're very excited. I can tell you are having a hell of a time with yourself. Yes, I must reward you for what you have given me. Oh, uh, my reward is in heaven. (laughs) So you do not desire a reward? No. I mean, give it to the other guys. I don't need your... I'll take the reward. (laughs) All right. Maggie, I must comment on your wonderful dung shui in this place. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. This is the end of you pooping in a bucket. Every time you're going to go to the bathroom, where are you going to go? In the toilet. Exactly. They don't have doom buggies in heaven. They have dung buggies in hell. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about uh, something in addition to the vehicles, or uh, were those our reward? Mm, the vehicles were one reward, but you have done so much for me and my gang. I would be remiss if not to offer you these. And she reaches into this black bag that appears to be made out of sewn together skin. Uh, And she pulls out three very large iron coins. She says, take these soul coins three. Soul coins? Yep. You you, uh, take them into your hand. Um... What is happening? Uh, Aaron has gotten up from his what chair, is, and he is he he's very excited. Oh, soul coins! Awesome. Oh. Those are perfect. Yes. Dead Mac sent those about two years ago. Wow. <laughs> In anticipation of this moment, what do they do? What's your constitution modifier there, uh, Glubjack? Uh, mine would be zero. Are you evil? No. Okay. So as soon as you, like, hold these coins in your hand, uh, you feel a, a weight that is more than physical. Uh, it is on your very soul itself. Uh, you start to feel the despair and rage that is trapped within these coins. And it quickly overcomes your fortitude. Uh, This doesn't hurt you in any way, necessarily. But as long as you have these coins on you, you feel like you're going to be just less effective at most things. These don't make me feel very good. Really? Well, then you should spend them quickly. (laughs) Spend them on what? Oh, many things. You can use them, for example, to run those vehicles I've given you. Oh. So many of the denizens here in Aphanes use them as currency. Okay. Say, we noticed that the the vehicle, uh, the bigger one, 
maybe once had a weapon on it and it doesn't have it anymore? Could you, that be replaced? <laughs> she, uh, she sort of like... I could add to your bags of dung. <laughs> she looks a little bit angry at you for requesting that, but then quickly sort of like reverts to her sort of kindly, overly kindly demeanor. Uh, and she says, well, I was thinking of giving you a silver weapon instead, but if you insist, I can attach a harpoon launcher. What sort of silver weapon? Well, we have many things in my armory. If you would like to step into my armory. All right. She pushes aside a moldy table, leading to another tunnel through her filth and squeezes in there. You follow? Yeah. All right. She leads you to another section of the tent where it's been sort of cleared away. Uh, but amongst the pile of trash is just a plethora of different silver weapons. Pretty much any kind of weapon you could want. She says, you may take one of these or we will install a harpoon launcher. Is the harpoon silver? No. Take the silver wrench. Did, uh, did... Did you follow us in, Kozlo? Yeah, I'm here. Um, I don't like these soul coins very much. Uh, but hey, uh, I think you should get a, get a silver weapon. I wish I could, like, dip my staff in uh, silver and silver it. Maybe there's a silver staff here. There is a silver staff. Yeah, my staff is kind of special to me. It's my own, very own staff. If I get a new different staff, maybe it won't uh, swing quite the same way. You are a druid, are you not? Oh, yeah, but that's not all. Sounds like more of a baby. <laughs> hey, you're not here. Be a baby about your staff. <laughs> I know, but oh, I'm you, in your mind. I'm your you conscience. You and your one hit point. I'm your Dababi conscience. Shouldn't you be molesting your shield? <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. Sorry, I was just talking to the voice in my head. What? <laughs> I just want to talk about something really funny. Um, so in the player's handbook, it says that a druid won't use metal weapons or armor, but it doesn't spe specify like any actual restrictions. It just says they won't use it. So in an FAQ that came out like a year or two ago, they finally addressed that, and they said, what happens if a druid puts on metal armor or wields a metal weapon? And the official answer was their head explodes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, forget it. Never mind. <laughs> Wow. I think it was a joke, but... <laughs> the druid side of me is like, no, thank you. But the monk side of me is like, yes, please. Well, what do you think, Kozlo? Uh, a, a melee weapon or a harpoon gun? When it comes right down to it, you know, some of these demons and devils and whatever, they need to be silvered to be damaged. So a harpoon, yeah, you get one good shot, and then what? Many of these demons and devils can also be harmed by magic. So, if you have magic at your disposal, you have less of a need of the silver. That's what I'm talking about, Mags. Can I call you Mags? <laughs> Mad Mags. Okay. Do we all we all have magic weapons, don't we? Well, Kozlo does. And I do. My Bobby. Mouth is magic, so. Yeah, his mouth is magic. Race can just use his words. The last time I used a rapier, I got mummy rats. So yeah. Really, <laughs> like, I don't really know if I'm getting close again. <laughs> but you can also polymorph, so there's Ooh, a... Maybe you should right. sell that rapier just to, like, <laughs> remove the temptation. Need a silver armoire. 
We're very pleased that you're offering us these wonderful gifts, but are there other gifts you might have as well? Jesus. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, we are, we're all set with magic. Well, let's see. I uh, can offer you some food and water. Two weeks of rations for each. You know, guys, we're good on that. I'm a druid, you know. You are? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Perhaps some pertinent information about other warlords of the wasteland. What do you think, Glubs? I mean, information can be valuable. Yeah, that's probably going to be best for us. Otherwise, uh, I am proficient in glaves. With a bugbear and a glaive, do I they think get I get a 15, per 15, 15 foot, foot reach. reach? Yeah. Is there a silver glaive in her? Yes. Okay, so what if Glubjag does the silver glaive, and then I get some information from Maggie, and then our two friends can come in and select a nice present? Oh, no. The You either get the glaive or the harpoon launcher. This is not to be debated. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I still have a war to fight. Oh, right. No, I'm not trying to screw with you. It seems like you're trying to squeeze me for every weapon I've got. You just seemed really orgasmic about the information that you got out of our friend, and you wouldn't have got that if it wasn't for us coming here. We had to lick Race's penis to get inside the gates. Give us a little to. something extra. definitely didn't have to do that. But we did. <laughs> but we did. Hmm. <laughs> well... I will give you this bit of information for free. In your travels through Avenus, you may come across the Smiler. Smiler the Defiler. <laughs> He's a friend. Or they are a friend. I'm not sure the gender. Okay. The Smiler is a f Defiler. And they are a friend. Smiler the Defiler is a friend. Okay, that's useful, I think, maybe. We just need to name drop you? Indeed. Tell them Mad Mac Maggie, not Max, that's trademarked, Mad Maggie sent you. Okay, can I do an insight check to see if she's full shit? Yeah. Okay. 15. 15, okay. Uh, even though her hut intent is full of shit, it, I don't, you don't think she is. All right. Well, thanks for the glaive. So you're taking the glaive and not the harpoon gun. Harpoon gun might be good against large things. I will also give you seven harpoons. But if you lose or break them, you'll have to replace them on your own. How difficult is a harpoon to shoot? I mean, is it going to be effective? Basically, you just point the gun at the thing you want to shoot and then press the button. And it automatically loads the new harpoon in. Does it take like a turn to do that? Around? It requires you to spend your action. <laughs> Got it. Thank you, Maggie. Are they uh, are they tethered or loose? This is the part where I I tell you guys to look in your journal for yeah. the gorgeous uh, devil's rod. Not the devil's rod. The gorgeous other thing. What tormentor. Is Tor the gorgeous tormentor. Oh yeah, gorgeous hey. tormentor. <laughs> Sexy. Yeah, the gorgeous tormentor. Okay. 2d8 plus 2 piercing damage. 
Race does more when he calls somebody's mama name. <laughs> it's got a 120-foot range, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys got to take the harpoon. Fine, we'll take the harpoon. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fine, to take the harpoons. Put the glaive back. How much would you sell the glaive for? Sell the glaive? I'm not... It's not for sale. It's... It's... Well, okay, fine. I'll, I'll sell it to you for a 50% markup. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. Markup from what? Um. A silvered weapon? I don't know what that costs. I'm a simple druid. <laughs> okay, hold on. A glaive costs 20 gold. Silvered costs 100 gold. So 120 times 1.5 is uh, 180. Okay. I'll give you 180 gold for it. How do you have so much money left? I've got over 1,000 gold. What? How am I so broke? What have I been doing? You bought a bunch of stuff. No, I didn't. I went where? Never mind. (laughs) 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 I have four silver and one gold piece. Where did Mr. Moneybag sell them? Did you invest in real estate in hell or something? The last time we were in a town, you guys bought... Stuff. No, I gave my money for other people to buy stuff. Oh, maybe I've got the coin purse for the whole party then. I don't know. Uh, you know what it is? Jason invested in soul coins. Uh, mm. When they were at like a dollar a share. Yeah. Now they're like 30000 a <laughs> share. Um, so how much does he want for this glaive? 180 gold. You understand? Because gold isn't worth as much down here as it is where you're from. Here we mostly use soul coins. You don't have to explain your rate of... Currency exchange. Here you go, Globjig. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So you guys leave the tent, and uh, she gets a hold of uh, uh, Clucka and Clank, or whatever the hell those bird men's names are, and uh, they start uh, scrambling all over the war machine uh, trying to attach this uh, harpoon launcher to it. And she says, well, this could take a while because... They're going to need to scrounge up the parts for this harpoon launcher and um, install it. Could be looking at 12 hours of work, so you might as well get comfortable. Ooh, long rest. <laughs> yeah. Sounds um, good. I'm to waste all my hit dice. Because uh, we got sold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm long resting. I'm definitely long resting. Now my polymorph's back. I'm turning into Bob Haskins. See, <laughs> <laughs> Jensen486 says, why does Brad get all the new weapons? It's <laughs> a good well, question. Kozlo doesn't really use weapons. I have a wrench. I'm the, I'm the only martial character, really. Yeah, like literally you guys don't even use weapons. No. I mean, you do, but... Yeah, not... I... Uh, so Great White Spark makes a good point that I still owe race for him loaning me some money and he suggests i craft him a buckler uh i don't magical buckler i don't know if uh you're proficient with shields i didn't even know what a buckler was but uh yeah i'm probably not i don't know Uh, let's take a peek so shields are just there's just shield that's all that there is uh and unless you're proficient in them then you can't really use them great white Uh, says he is he uses a rapier a buckler is a free plus one ac I looked it up. That is not an official uh, thing. That's a that's a, like a homebrew thing. There's no actual official buckler in, in 5e. They're definitely a thing in 3.5. So there's no way for me as an artificer to craft him something that would help protect him, like, AC-wise. 
Uh, what kind of armor are you wearing? I have studded leather plus one, actually. That's the best you're gonna get then. Oh, um, well, fuck me. Yeah, you can't craft them anything. I mean, if you got plus one studded leather, plus two studded leather, whatever. There's some magic items that he could wear that could increase it, like a cloak of protection or various other things. He could cast spells to help him out defensively. I'd highly recommend getting some defensive spells like mirror image or. Okay. Uh, I got or, dispel magic, but that's probably not helpful. Yeah. Hey, dun, put dun. a titty <laughs> Can you still use it without proficiency with some kind of penalty? Yeah, and the penalty is that you can't cast spells. Oh! <laughs> Which is a big deal. What about, like, can yeah. I get some shoes that, like, make me jump high? Yes. Is that a thing? I have boots of uh, striding boots and Boots of Jordan? <laughs> yeah, they can make you jump. It's literally I have, do. like, yeah, what are the boots that I've got? They're called the... Uh, where did my you boots You have magical go? boots? My, yeah, I got magical boots. I got uh, boots of the winding path. Huh. Uh, I can uh, teleport up to 15 feet as a bonus action to an unoccupied space that I can see. I must what have occupied that space at some point during the current turn. Holy shit. It's an, uh, an attunement or whatever. Have you ever used that? I don't think I rem remembered to. <laughs> so, artificers, they can infuse non-magical equipment and temporarily make them magical. Yeah. So, you so could, could I infuse his shit. You I think you can inf infuse anything. I don't think it has to be something you're wearing. No, it doesn't. I could get I could give you my enhanced defense and take one off mine and give you one. Yeah. Instead of having an insanely high AC that is impossible for me to hit, you can spread the love yeah, around. Yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd like that. All right, Dion, I'm going to enhance your defense. You get a plus 1 to your AC. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> now so. I'm down I'm down to a 22 AC. Damn. Woe is me. <laughs> Alright, so what I'm doing, I'm just changing out a couple of spells. I'm going to uh, keep Creator Destroy Water, Cure Wounds, Entangle, and Goodberry for first level. I'm keeping Moonbeam for a second level, but I'm taking Summon Beast at second level. And at third level, I'm adding a Revivify with Call Lightning and Dispel Magic. Actually, wow. I, I might, because Dion, I think, has Dispel Magic. Yeah. So I'm going to swap out Dispel Magic for Conjure Animals. Ooh. Nice. <clears throat> Could buy us a few seconds if we need uh, to oh. gather ourselves. I have Conjure Beast as well. And I get my charges back. Hell yeah. You've got Conjure Beast? Summon Beast? Summon Beast, yep. All right, then I don't want Summon Beast. We don't I want to... my own stuff. Healing Spirit might be good. That's a really good out-of-combat heal. Yeah. yeah. Manflesh says, does Kozlo have the components for Revivify? He swapped it out at the oh, beginning of last right. session. Yeah, because it didn't, because I didn't have the, yeah, I don't have, like, the five, $300 gold oh. diamond. Well, I have some diamond dust that I can sell you for a 50% markup. Well, of course, Maggie. Uh, so what is that, uh, 350 I don't know. You do the math. I am a druid. <laughs> should haggle Tell her you only give her a 25% markup. Yeah, but I'm not like that. Okay, so it'll be 450 gold for a diamond where that's... Maggie, we're such good allies now. I mean, you think that's pretty steep markup. What's your tongue, young man? Can I do a persuasion check? Go ahead, do a persuasion oh, man. check. <laughs> Critical. Oh, nice. Hey! hey. Oh, wow. Natural 20 persuasion. Mm -hmm. Fine, I'll knock off 50 
percent of that, so uh, I'll do. I'll sell it for three hundred seventy-five gold. Deal. <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. You're a doll. A peach. Yes. All right. So I've got revivify. If I have to use it to bring one of us back from the dead, it'll cost that diamond dust will disappear. Uh, and then for second level spell, are you saying our lives aren't worth that? No, I'm just saying that it's you know we don't After get to, we don't we get a second chance to get rid of your mummy rot. Uh. I'm saying that we can only do it one time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not familiar with the sword of Zeriel, so taking something like locate object, I don't think it's going to work. Mm. Never know though. We very rarely take divination. It seems like. They don't become super powerful until a little bit later, I think. But yeah, divination can be pretty pretty useful. I guess summon Fey then. Summon Fey? Okay. Ooh. That's a good one. S summon a little... Uh... Tina Fey? Yeah, Tina Fey is going to come and do some funny bits. Nice. <laughs> some funny bits. <laughs> As they're called. Yes, yeah. yes. In the comedy <laughs> world, you know. <laughs> well, you do, do, some of your, uh, do some of your skits. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Hey, I've got a good idea for your comedy show. Oh, I'll try this Jesus. one out. I've got a good joke for your comedy. Uh, you knock, can use this one. Oh, use thanks. Use this one. Use this one. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Raisin. Raisin who? Raising my eyebrows. Yeah, that's a good one. Use that in your act. All right, I sure will. Thanks. Yep. Gotta go. You don't even have to pay me for it. Oh, for real? Nice. <laughs> oh, maybe I should take Skyrite. You mean like what airplanes do? Yeah. Okay. I can see that being completely useless. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anybody use Why that spell. Why would <laughs> take that spell? <laughs> what the hell? Like a distraction? Like, you know, if you see... Uh, if you're far away and you see a city's about to get besieged by giants, yeah, and you're oh. like, "Hey, city, <laughs> 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 giants coming!" <laughs> yeah, or like you could like put it over where all those demons and devils are fighting or something, and just put like a big skyrite that says, "Hey, fuck off, losers!" <laughs> <laughs> Advertisements. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Special at Joe's Souls Emporia. Spe special Souls, at, half price. Special at Maggie's Junk Shop. 50% markup. <laughs> All right, well, if everybody's prepared, um, you guys have your demon engines. You guys have all your hit points. You have all your spells. And you have a destination. And we have a Lulu compass. Yep. Um, so you guys, like get on these infernal engines and uh, you you realize that there is so there's one driver's seat per uh, vehicle and then there are uh, up to three like passenger seats on the dune buggy there's no passenger seats on the uh, motorcycle um, and only one person can be on the harpoon launcher on the uh, on the on the buggy oh gosh um, I don't know whether I should ride the bike or take the harpoon launcher what, uh, what skill would harpoon launching use? Uh, so it actually has its own stats. Like if you're the one who is on the harpoon launcher, you can take your action to make the attack using the stats of the tormentor. Ranged weapon attack plus seven to hit. Ooh. Oh, we should put race on the harpoon flinger. Hey, well, let's do the, it. And the driver controls the wheels and size thing. Yeah. So if there's any checks that the vehicle has to take, which there will be a lot of them, if the driver is proficient in land vehicles, then they get to add their proficiency bonus to any of the checks that the vehicle has to make. Okay. 
Um, but then the driver also has to spend their action to actually move the vehicle, turn it, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, then the driver can also take bonus actions to uh, push it like to its limits. Uh, it could do the dash in that case, but it can only do that a certain number of times before the vehicle has to start making constitution saves. To uh, That represents it sort of like breaking down as it's being pushed too far. Um, and so if you look at the stats of your uh, vehicle, the Tormentor, it's got a con bonus of plus two, I think. You can dash up to twice with it per day before having to make constitution saves. Um, and every time you fail a constitution save, then you, it gets a level of exhaustion. Uh, and exhaustion will slow it down, make it worse, until eventually if it gets eno enough exhaustion, that represents it completely falling apart. I want to ride the motorcycle. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Alright, uh, who wants to drive? Well, I have a proficiency in land vehicles, so okay. I should probably that answers that Then question. hop behind the wheel. You want the harpoon? I kind of do for half cover. Like, my stats say nothing about the dash thing. Right, that's just rules for these engines in general. Got it. Well, boys, it's time to hit the dusty trail of oats. Who's, who's riding the motorcycle? I am. Yeah, you can jump. Yeah, and it's got a stunt. spiked wheels, a screaming engine, and a cowl shaped like a grinning devil's visage with horns for handlebars. I can do a stunt. You're like a regular the Bobby Knievel. <laughs> We're Mad Max in this. This next section is all Mad Max. Oh, it's my friend. It's very much Mad Max. Can't yes. wait to use my hammer on some bitches as I drive past. I can't wait to use my land vehicle proficiency. I can't wait to make good berries for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so You're just a druid through and through, aren't you? Realistically, since I can create an object, can I make like a ramp for the Bobby to jump off of and if a situation needed it? Yeah, okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, if, if you can create a large object, yeah. then I would say that you could create a ramp for... For the motorcycle, because the motorcycle is also large. Um, if you get the ability to create huge objects, then you can create a ramp for the dune buggy. All right, so the Tormentor's got uh, 21 AC normally, 19 while motionless. Now, this Tormentor has a lot of its armor sort of missing because it's battle damage. So this Tormentor's AC is only 15, mm. and that's at all times. It's got 60 hit points, damage threshold of 10, mishap threshold of 20. The mishap threshold is... If it takes 20 damage from a single source, then a mishap happens. Like it rolls? Yeah, there's a table, and, and there's there can be a lot of different things that occur. Uh, one of them is it flips over, which sucks. Damage threshold of 10 means that something has to do at least 10 damage in order to even damage it at all. And does it absorb that 10? Yeah, so if something does 10 or less, it does 0. 11 or more, it does full. Okay, so it's immune to fire, poison, and psychic damage. It's immune to various other conditions, blinded, unconscious, etc. It has a capacity of four medium creatures, one driver, one gunner, two passengers. It can crush things by moving into them. They get a save, and they can jump out of the way to take less damage. Prone deficiency. If it ever falls prone, which is kind of rare, then it can't right itself. You guys have to flip it manually. Magic attacks. Raking scythes. So if it moves within five feet of a creature that isn't prone or another vehicle, on the first time in a turn, it can try to slam into them with the blades on its wheels and do a bunch of damage to them. If you're at the helm, you have three quarters cover. 
um, because you're basically enclosed with only like arrow slit sized openings for Uh things to come and get you. And then it has the harpoon flinger. It seems like the only person who has three quarters cover is the person at the helm. Everybody else is kind of open. Oh, and it can juke as a reaction. Uh, If it's able to move, then the driver can use their reaction to grant the tormentor advantage on a dex saving throw. Um, So, yeah, that's something you're going to have to keep in mind, Brad, if you're piloting. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the Devil's Ride. This this is a motorcycle. It's only got a 23 AC, so... Hey, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Very difficult to hit because it moves so freaking fast. But it has low hit points. Only 30 hit points with a damage threshold of 5 and a mishap threshold of 10. So something gets lucky and like crits this thing, it could be it could be toast. Uh, it does have 120 foot speed. The other one only has 100 foot speed. It's got a lot of the same immunities and stuff. This one only has a con of plus one, so it can only do the dash once before it has to start making Constitution saves to avoid taking exhaustion. Oh, it's really good at jumping chasms and stuff. Stunt. Ooh, you can do a free vehicle stunt by spending 10 feet of movement. You do a wheelie, a burnout. You got to make a dex check in order to succeed at this using the bike's dexterity. So plus four. And then if you were proficient in land vehicles, you get to add your proficiency bonus to that check as well. If you fail by five or more, then bad stuff happens on those stunts. So it it doesn't look like the Devil's Ride is very good at, at combat, but it's very fast and pretty good at doing tricks and stuff. And could I attack from the bike? So you can... Uh, if you don't take the action to drive as the driver, the vehicles will continue to go in the same direction at the same speed that they were last turn. So, yeah, you can sort of let it go for a moment and shoot your spells off or whatever, and you won't be able to do the reaction, the juke reaction, because you won't be piloting it, and you won't be able to, like, dash because you won't be piloting it, but you'll be. it'll still keep going. Yeah, I saw that in Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a new system. You know, I'm sure we're all going to have, you know, some questions and stuff while it's going, but uh, at least now you guys have a general idea of what these things are capable of. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to talk to the Birdmen about creating a little attachment where I can have the shield, like, on the front of the bike, but then have it so I can take it out if I need to, if I need it for something. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Detachable. Equip- equipping a shield is an action. So you can definitely attach it to the front of the bike or or just strap, just strap on. on your back or whatever. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. The bike isn't going to get any sort of AC bonus from having the shield, like, attached to it, though, if that's where you're... No, no, for. I'm not looking for that. No, okay. but the fear bonus could be useful. Yeah. Because I forgot that it has a fear radius. That's true. You know, the whole thing about stunts, I'm not seeing any official rules on what a stunt is. So we're going to be a little bit, like, creative when it comes to people trying to pull off stunts on that motorcycle. Theater of the mind. Yeah, if you you come up with a cool idea of something you could do on a motorcycle by pulling off a stunt with it, then I'll just have to come up with some rules on the spot for what that could do. But that seems to be, like, the the only, like, main benefit of the the bike is that it has this, like, ability to do stunts. Right. Uh, And it costs movement to do it, so it should have some sort of, like cool thing that it does you could avoid certain obstacles by doing stunts you know maybe an obstacle is coming up and you're like holy shit i'm gonna expend 10 feet of my movement to do a wheelie or to try to do like a slide you know like under a truck type of slide you know right 
and then uh, if you're jump, successful, jump yeah, and if you're successful, then you avoid that obstacle. Or if it if it doesn't make sense to avoid it completely, I say, okay, you have advantage on your check to avoid it. All right. Well, as you guys are sort of like traversing the wasteland on these vehicles, um, you you hear sounds coming out of the engines. Uh, of these things. It literally sounds like the wailing of tormented souls. You're looking at the fuel gauge, and uh, the fuel gauge is saying that you have 24 hours before the fuel runs out. Uh, and the only thing that you see as far as like where to put fuel is the slot. Yeah, that looks like it perfectly fits the soul coins. Oh, so they run on soul coins? Indeed. Uh, is there a slot machine arm next to it? <laughs> yeah. Do okay. you want to pull it? Uh, yeah. You pull it, and uh, you, you hear, like, a mechanical, like, injection sound, and then, like, a beeping. And uh, you turn and you look, and there's actually this uh, other sort of, like, hole that opened up, like a lid popped open. It looks like you can insert something else in there, but you're not entirely sure what. Huh. Well... Just What'd you do? I lost power to my laptop. Oh, it, my, uh, my, my batteries do not hold a charge at all, so it has to be constantly plugged in. Oh, so even just slightly unplugging it? Oh, wait, here we turns go. It off. Yeah. What year is your laptop from? 19, I think. Year 19? <laughs> that's a very old that's laptop. That's yeah. a PC laptop, folks. No offense. Whatever. It's better than your piece of crap. It is, but I'll... I can use this until I'm dead. Yeah, but have you dropped yours like three times? <laughs> no. So his problem is that his battery sucks. He can actually replace the battery. Good yeah. luck replacing a battery on a Mac if anything happens. Exactly. To yeah. <laughs> Good luck replacing yeah. anything right. on a Mac. You can actually. You can you can replace batteries for ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Proprietary <laughs> batteries. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to try to run it on the battery much anymore. <laughs> I can go to like. Bill's bootleg battery shop. Thing is, it does still run on the battery. It's 12 years old. How many batteries do you know that run after 12 years? I think my mine went bad after I spilled apple cider on my keyboard. Welcome to computer talk. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like, here's how Brad ruins his laptops talk. Yeah. That would be actually, we could probably make an entire podcast out of that. Oh, shit. I forgot to ask. What are you guys eating today? Because you guys turned down her offer of food. I'm going to make uh, good berries. Good berry breakfast. The breakfast of Druid champions. An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. I would have done the good berries before my long rest, though. Uh, and they're good for 24 hours, so that way I get the spell slot back. All right, so, yeah, you, you cast a good berry. Um, so I got a roll for that. Yesterday, yep. So sounds like we're going to start tracking food now. Sadly, yes. Shouldn't be much of an issue, though, because of the good berry. So you guys, like, are driving, and your stomach starts to sort of, like, rumble, and it gets to the point where it's louder than the vehicle that you're in. So you're like, wow, we really need to, we really need to pull over and have a bite to eat. So... Uh, you, you just passed a large crevice that smelled like farts. Uh, and so you go a little bit past that. You pull over next to what appears to be the, the, the femur of some sort of massive chicken or something. Some bird-like femur. Uh, and you sort of park like behind it uh, in a valley between a couple cliffs. 
So as the proper halfling, Race eats one of your good berries and is like, man, what about second breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) And as you're finishing up your meal, you guys start to hear the sound of another one of these demon engines. What do you mount my bike and get ready to take off if needed? I load up a harpan. All right, so you guys hop back in your vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just as you guys get the get inside the vehicles and turn on the ignition, over the edge of the cliff, about a hundred feet away, a massive demon engine, even larger than your buggy, just crashes over the cliff and lands, coming straight at you. And you can see from this distance that it is bristling with strange human-animal hybrid creatures. Looks like part boar, part human, part rat, part human, like crazy lichens of some kind. And they're coming right for you. So I need everybody to roll initiative! And that's episode 50 of Rated RPG, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. We want to thank you for listening and for recommending Rated RPG, for sharing it with your friends and sharing it online. You know, when we started off in early 2020 as just five friends who wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons together, we decided to turn it into a live stream and a podcast, and now here we are, 50 episodes later, so thank you. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us there, at Rated RPG Podcast. We share information there, uh, our live stream dates and updates on the show. Uh, We also share share some poll questions and some fun stuff like that. Uh, We're immensely grateful as well to our Patreon supporters for allowing us to make some upgrades to our equipment. Through their generosity, we were able to do that, and you heard the uh, equipment in use in this podcast for the first time today. Once we gain another 20 patrons, we'll be mailing each of our patrons a new Rated RPG logo sticker as a small token of our gratitude. You can join that crew at patreon.com slash Rated RPG. On behalf of everyone around ye old gaming table, Thank you so much for listening.